This is a Federal News Network podcast. God created the world in six days, about how long it took Congress to craft the biggest spending bill since the Big Bang. Here with what's in it for federal agencies, Bloomberg Government Editorial Director Lauren Duggan. And Lauren, I don't know where to begin, so I'm going to let you decide. Sure. Well, you know, the total price tag of this thing is north of $2 trillion, which is one of the biggest pieces of legislation dollar-wise that anyone has ever seen. Even if you look back at the stimulus plan and after the financial crisis when President Obama came to office, that was only in the $787 billion range. So this is much larger. Um, the, the money that adds up to that $2 trillion comes in a lot of different forms. Some of it's the tax provision, some of it's mandatory spending that will go out over time through the unemployment insurance or through some of the loan packages that are there. But there is a supplemental appropriations package put together by Richard Shelby, his cardinals, and other people on the appropriations panel that will spend about $340 billion uh, across different agencies to try and get that money first to the agencies and then out to the country. Uh, As he's put it, about 80% or so of the money there is meant for state and local governments. So if you look at that pool of money, which is you know something we're familiar with, with the normal spending process, this large infusion of cash on top of that is uh, pretty significant. It is significant. And I guess the biggest shares go to Veterans Affairs and the Defense Department and HHS, from what I can tell. Right. The biggest is HHS, which makes sense. This is primarily a health emergency. And so the mechanism set up at HHS to take money and send it out to the states is um, already there and established, so they're taking advantage of that. A hundred billion of it, I believe, is just to help healthcare providers and send that money out. Uh, but you mentioned some of the other departments that get pretty big allocations. One is Homeland Security, and that's mostly because FEMA's there and there's the Disaster Relief Fund. That'll get about $45 billion as a result of this bill. Um, if you look out to other agencies, DOD does get $10.5 billion with maybe about a third or even more for the defense health program and for paying through other care um, related to health. So that's a pretty big chunk. And then the Veterans Affairs Department gets somewhere between 19.5 and $20 billion. So another pretty healthy infusion of cash into that department as it tries to help the population it serves um, as this virus continues to spread around the country. Yeah, there's some big numbers, but also some big unknowns, I guess, for, say, FEMA. You know, there's no flooded zones. There's no tracts of houses that are flattened by hurricanes or tornadoes. You can't see this thing. And also, we're just getting toward the, you know, the season where bad weather can happen. So I guess FEMA is probably the one that maybe is the biggest question mark as to what it'll actually need. It is, um, but it also has good experience of going out into the country and helping with um, emergency situations, often not in the best of conditions. And part of its role is to help prepare. And I, I think that's what some of this money will go to as well as helping some cities and towns and elsewhere around the country get prepared in case the virus does spread to them and spread in you know some of the numbers we've seen elsewhere around the world and even that we're beginning to see in New York City as healthcare systems get stretched thin. So we, we could see FEMA play a big role here. I mean, th- there are many types of disasters they help with. Um, man-made when a terrorist attack, obviously, or um, with natural disasters. So this is a natural cause disaster, but um, one that FEMA will draw on its resources and experience to, to help around the country. And as you mentioned, there's a lot of channels of money, direct payments to Americans making certain income levels, and also to the corporate world. And within the corporate world, there is the whole small business channel. What do we know about that one? 
Right. There are pretty big pools of money here. There's the $500 billion pool that's meant for larger businesses, um, in particular, the airlines, national security businesses, which most people think will help send cash out to Boeing, um, and then other businesses that the um, officials handing out this money believe are in need of it. There is a separate pool here. I think it's around $349, $350 billion to provide assistance to smaller firms um, around the country. And those could be loans that um, they can tap into that are low or no interest. And in some cases, um, I know they're looking at ways to just make those grants if ever they can um, to try and help businesses. One of the goals here is to get businesses to keep workers on the books, to not let them go or not furlough them. But uh, when that does happen, if it does happen, there is also an infusion here into the unemployment insurance program that would provide extra benefits to people for several months. Um, so, you know, they're, they're trying to keep people on the books, but there is this kind of safety valve. And then you also mentioned the payments to individuals who make up to a certain amount of income. Um, the payments could be up to $1,200 per individual and then $500 for children, which um, you know, it's a one-time thing. It's income capped, but would be a, an immediate or semi-immediate infusion of cash. So um, there's lots to help people there, not to mention the food aid that's there. If people do need to draw on the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program or some of the child nutrition programs that are also funded here. We're speaking with Lauren Duggan, Editorial Director of Bloomberg Government. And do you feel or does it look at this point whether all of this work will have some effect or some distortion on the regular appropriations process that in theory is supposed to be going on for fiscal 2021? Definitely. I mean, the the one thing is people aren't just going to be here and you need to be in town sometimes to meet face to face and have the initial conversations on those sorts of bills. We've already seen the hearing schedule get disrupted the last couple of weeks. One thing that they're turning to is so-called paper hearings or virtual hearings, where instead of convening people in a room, which obviously is frowned upon now, they'll pass paper around or take testimony and try and create a record that way to help make writing the bills easier. And that affects not just the 12 appropriations bills, but obviously something like the National Defense Authorization Act that's an annual process. So we see committees trying to shift their uh, way of doing business um, because they do want to try to make progress on this when they do return. Right now, it looks like end of April or late April. They want to hit the ground running, but obviously they have to see what the conditions are in their home states and here in Washington, D.C. before they make the actual call on what to come back and what to do. But that's the target for right now. Yes, because the big bill was number three in a series of bills going back a month or so now. And the House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, and other members have hinted at a fourth bill related to coronavirus. Do we know anything about that at this point? Well, there's been some talk about it already. And Nancy Pelosi gave some interviews Thursday, which was uh, her 80th birthday, by the way. And she was out making the rounds. And she's talked about a fourth phase being more about recovery potentially um, than these early stages, which were about preparing, trying to get money out to the states quickly, and then helping people who have lost their jobs or who are at risk of losing their jobs. So some of the things she's talked about looking at are, although there's money here for supplemental nutrition assistance programs, she's talked about maybe expanding the benefit so that each person who gets SNAP money would get a little bit more. Um, she's looking at some pension relief legislation that had been a goal even before the coronavirus, um, something the House has been trying to enact for a while. They're looking at using a potential fourth bill to advance that. Um, one of the things close to home here is that in one of the pools of money, D.C. was lumped in with territories rather than states. 
And in a lot of federal allocations of money, D.C. is treated as a state. Um, so she wants to try to address that. And then something that she and Richard Shelby have also been talking about a lot are infrastructure programs. Um, there is a major bill, the Highway Transit Authorization Bill expires September 30th. That was on Congress's to-do list, as well as other infrastructure activities. So we could see another look at that as part of a phase four bill, if you will. And then Mike Pence has said he's going to continue to listen to governors and um, local officials across the country and see if they need more money. And that could obviously be part of any phase four. And if there's some sort of issue with this bill, as sometimes happens, you know, they try to write them very carefully. But sometimes when you get around to implementing these bills, you find that there's a quirk or a nuance that um, had been missed when you were drafting it. So if they needed to address anything like that, that could obviously be part of phase four as well. Lauren Duggan is editorial director of Bloomberg Government. Thanks so much. Thank you. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.